0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. This is our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on life in our church. And uh, excited to hear the story of a uh, young family in our community. Uh, so uh, everyone say hello to Colin and Mandy Peters. And Colin and Mandy, thanks for being here. Say hi to everyone.
1: Hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? Hopefully
0: we're uh, we're trying out a new tech here in this whole work from home uh, COVID-19 season that we're in. And so I'm hoping that things are a little clearer than uh, our last few podcasts. And I've appreciated everyone's grace to kind of roll with us in this transitional season. So hopefully this is a bit of a tech upgrade, but uh, Colin and Mandy, welcome here. Uh, give all of us uh, from across our Southridge locations, just a little bit of background on yourselves.
2: Um. So, uh, we've been attending Southridge, uh, Colin, his entire life, um, or when, when he started attending, it was Fairview Louth at the time. Um, I've been attending Southridge for the last, I want to say 11 years or so. Uh, Colin and I actually met through church, uh, which is pretty cool. We've been married almost five years and we have two kids, two boys. Um, one will be two this week and the other one is just about two months old right now.
0: So you're finally at the place where both of you have a kid to navigate. Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we're finding. I've, it's, I've got it's no it. longer
0: only your problem, Andy. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of kind of how we're feeling for the most part. I'm uh, I'm handling the 23 month old Elliot and and Manny Rowan, our uh, eight week old, I guess at this point. So, so yeah, fantastic.
0: Oh, that's a fun season. Colin, I know that uh, your brother was on this podcast a little while ago and uh, we joked about how you guys have, have come from Southridge and formerly Fairview Love Royalty. You guys are the grandkids of our founding pastor. And uh, I know that that's been fun from my perspective, watching you guys grow up and now fun from your perspectives, watching us be involved and you know talking with your grandpa and having him kind of still uh make investments in us so it's been kind of a cool journey for uh, a lot of years even decades that we've been that we've been on as families together and and uh uh definitely been pretty cool to see
1: yeah i know it's uh it's really cool i was actually thinking about that right before the podcast that, yeah it's like uh i guess i've been basically going to the church pretty much my whole life now so so yeah we'll have to uh, de- debrief this as they say with my grandpa after this is done <laughs>
0: He's been a podcast guest as well, so you guys have all rocked this out. Um, Mandy, can you tell a little bit more about uh, how it was at the church that you got together with Colin? Was that part of like our speed dating ministry, or (laughs) how how did that work?
2: Um, It was actually through a mutual friend, Um, so we met like at Starbucks. But I I attended church at the time and. Colin had always been in a worship band and um, he had no clue who I was, but I definitely knew who he was. Cause he was this, uh, this guy that was playing keyboard. Um, and then I finally got to meet him this one day at Starbucks and then just kind of went from there. We started uh, hanging out and yeah.
0: Outside of the COVID season that we're in right now, what would you say that you guys enjoy the most about being part of Southridge these days?
1: I would say like for us we're we're really loving uh our life group that we're a part of. Um so we're a part of uh Jeff and Lindsay Martin's life group. Um which maybe we're lucky that our life group leader is also the connection pastor. <laughs> but uh He
0: better but, be good at life groups, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know that's what we always say, yeah, exactly. But uh but yeah, so um we've been in their life group, I wanna say for at least four years. Yeah. Four years ish now. Um it also helps that we live a few houses down so it's convenient with uh, with the kids and everything. But well not so much these days, but um but in general. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say that's life group's been a really encouraging and and you know, connecting uh part of our church experience these days. Very good.
0: Um we wanna dive in and talk about some COVID-19 stuff uh, in your world but for starters let's kind of think back to you know what'll be seven or eight weeks from the time that this airs Uh, and I know for me the the moment that I knew things were changing like drastically and quickly was the Wednesday before March break Wednesday March 11th Uh, I've said in a few podcasts we were traveling to Guatemala and we got off the plane and finally got into the hotel and saw all this news about the NBA and Tom Hanks and his wife and whatever. So, uh, you know, we, we'd been following this slowly, but all of a sudden it felt like things were just kind of exploding. And as you guys think back to the time when things were like really changing with regards to coronavirus, how, how were you absorbing that? How, how were you feeling? What was going on in your world at the time?
1: So it's funny because Mandy and I always kind of joke um, about how we were actually reading about it um, pretty early on. Um, even in late December, I was reading some some articles about you know what was going on in China and in early January, and then things just kind of fizzled out. Um, but then all of a sudden it was kind of back in the news again, late February, early March. And um, yeah, we, I would say we, uh, I guess in a way, weren't surprised because we've been reading about it for a while. But when it actually happens and starts hitting your community or your country a bit more, you you start to be, you know, take a step back and are like, "Whoa! Like, is this actually going to have an impact on our lives?" Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It it caught us off guard in a way that it actually happened, but uh, but you know, we knew about it for quite some time.
2: Mm-hmm. I think the other piece for us, um, like if we think back to March 11th, that would have been exactly when our newborn baby turned one week old. Um, and I think for us that, I mean, that one week, you're not really getting any sleep. So it can kind of feel like a long week and a quick week all in, all in the same time. Um, but very much just kind of feeling like how has so much changed um, from the day we had this baby on March 4th, where we just walked into a hospital without thinking twice about it. Um, And then all of a sudden, March 11th, like the NBA is getting canceled and um, it just all of a sudden seems like things are are really spiraling.
1: The other thing I would say is um, I kind of have a side hustle where I film weddings and really my only actual concern was... um, if this gets big enough, are some of my weddings going to be canceled in the spring? Am I going to lose some, some money from that? Or are things going to get delayed? And, and so at a personal level, that was more of a concern because it seems so far off still, even, even, you know, at the beginning of March, it's like, oh, something happens. It might not be till May or June or something. So, and then all of a sudden, like you you said, it's just out of nowhere. But um, so that's kind of was one of my concerns I'd say as well.
0: Hmm. Um, in the, in the days that ensued as things began to shut down and the whole social, physical distancing uh, and, you know, different restrictions about group sizes and whatever began to be imposed. Uh, how was that hitting you guys? And you know, what were you, what, what kind of thoughts were going through your head?
1: So um It hit us in a couple of ways. One with, you know, we had our baby on on March 4th. And so um, obviously there's a variety of ways that that impacts your experience, um, particularly after the fact when things became a little more intense, um, just with social distancing. And I'll probably let Manny touch on that a bit more. Um, For me, the main thing was I had a wedding. I was filming on March 14th. And which was a very awkward time, as you know, for when everything yeah. happened, like you mentioned. We, we right.
0: hosted a wedding at our Vineland location that Saturday.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. And uh, I actually think my brother might have been at that one. I'm not sure. But um, but yeah, so I was in uh, Toronto on March 14th. And during that week when the NBA canceled, um, there are a few others that hadn't canceled yet. The government was still allowing you know, groups up to 250 people, um, at least. Actually, yeah, some of the some of the sports hadn't even been canceled yet. So, um, I knew I was still going to be going to the wedding uh, and filming it, but at the same time, it was beginning to be like, okay, well, maybe I'm gonna just touch base with the bride, let her know that I'm going to be keeping my distance a bit more. Might not be hanging out on the dance floor all night or during cocktail hour at the bar, like just you know, taking some necessary precautions at the same time, assuming everything would be fine.
2: Yeah, I think the big piece too, um, like around having a newborn at that time, it was just the question of like, are we allowing people to come see the kids? Um, Should we be going out places with the kids? Um, Just kind of all those things. And I think it was kind of in that moment that I started like panicking a little bit because you have this new baby and you really... Um, expect like Elliot was going to be in daycare two days a week uh, while I was on mat leave. And just knowing that like my family and Colin's family, were all going to be around to like be that village that you really need when you, uh, when you add a new member of the family. And just, I started kind of panicking about how are we going to navigate this without um, all those external people kind of being there to support us right now.
0: Yeah. Well, and everything, you know, when I think back, everything was changing so drastically twice a day for Sure, uh, even you know, when I think about the group sizes that were declared to be appropriate, right? It went from you know under a thousand to less than 250 to less than 50 to less than 20 to what, you know. Now I think it's under five, if that,
1: right?
0: And uh, yeah, I mean, you have work implications for you being on mat leave, you have family and friend exposure implications. And all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect to be doing this entirely on my own. (laughs) Wild. So, you know, you're, you've got some, some things happening as this begins to affect all of us. And then all of a sudden, this is the part of the story that we want to really focus on. Um, things in your family started to get quite personal when it came to coronavirus. So Colin, start walking us through what happened and they'll get Mandy's version of the story as well.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And hers is probably a, quite a bit different from my, <laughs> <laughs> her experience, but, um, but yeah, so um, as I was saying, I had planned to film this wedding on March 14th. It was a very cool wedding in the distillery district in Toronto. Um, so I was really looking forward to it. So, um, basically had planned to do the whole day Um, brought uh, wipes, sanitizer, uh, literally probably used it 30 times throughout the day. Didn't go near anyone as best as possible. Stayed on my zoom lens basically the entire time sat at our own table, like just us and the photographer. Um, And yeah, we're basically just as careful as possible. Um, Understanding that, you know, the, number of cases were still extremely limited um but you know you just can't be too careful so um went to the wedding I got home and everything was great um and then about I guess I'll just go through the whole experience and about five days later on March 19th I woke up with a sore throat um but didn't really think too much of it um just because the time of year like Believe it or not, there's still colds and normal flus going around. Yeah, some, people. Yeah. <laughs> some people seem to have forgotten that. So, um, But at the same time, the timing was a little suspicious because five days is a pretty typical incubation time for the right. virus to take hold. So I was aware of that. Um, and then um, later that morning, I got a fever and some aches and chills And, uh, that's when I started to get a little concerned. Um, I don't typically get the flu. I don't know if that commonly makes sense, but I'm just not someone who gets sick often. Um, I'd gotten the flu shot earlier in the year. Um, and, uh, and so I, I did end up contacting public health because, you know, we have the two babies or a toddler and a baby, I should say. Um, and you know, as much as, kids seem to be pretty resilient to COVID. You just, you know, you want to be uh, as careful as possible. Um, and so that was back when tests were extremely limited, um, pretty much only being used for people that required hospitalization, um, and maybe some frontline workers. So they unfortunately, uh, denied me for a test on that day, um, which I understood um and then in the coming days started getting more symptoms um particularly around losing my ability to smell or taste things Mm -hmm. um which at the time was actually not really a known symptom to too many people um even when i brought it up with the public health nurse they they didn't really acknowledge it much um and i was trying to say i
0: remember that came out later
1: yeah. And I, and it, that came out actually after I'd gotten these symptoms and, but at the same time, there was a lot of research out of other countries like Germany and China where like, it was actually a pretty common symptom. And the interesting thing about that symptom is that it's, it's a a great one to figure out if you have COVID-19 because, um, you don't commonly lose your taste or smell with a cold or and, or, a, you know, the normal flu, right? Regular flu. Though. Um, so from day two to four, I was still sick with the flu, with aches and chills, and uh, which is unusual for it to last a few days. And by day four, I had zero taste or smell. It, com- it was completely gone. Um, Manny and I always joke that I, I never smelled the dirty diapers anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it was weird because I was actually usually the first person to. like. I used to have a good nose, a <laughs> good smell for that, but um but anyway so um that's when i was like okay this is getting you know super suspicious um and you know Manny and i were being very careful even in the same house already at this point just you know out of precaution um then on the sunday mm-hmm. so march 19th uh no, no sorry march 22nd yeah around there um the bride ended up emailing all the vendors saying that um, someone at the wedding had tested positive for COVID-19. And so that was, given I'd lost all my taste and smell and I'd been sick with pretty severe flu symptoms for five days at this point, I was like, okay, um, I probably caught it. I don't know when or where or how at that wedding, but I must have caught it um, and when we got that email, um, Mandy and I basically made the difficult decision for her and the two kids to immediately move out. Um, and that was hard decision too, because we were trying to figure out, you know, like, <laughs> like we need to take care of two kids. Um, you know, how is it going to look? Uh, so if she moves into her parents' house, like where in the house can she go? And and so, and is that worse? Because then is she exposing them? And it was just, it was you know, you try to make this like game time decision. Um, and technically we didn't even know if I'd had it yet, but, uh, yeah,
0: you're making it up as you go.
1: Yeah. But we figured, you know, let's not wait for a test to, for me to get a test and it come back positive. Like let's just, none of them had had any symptoms yet. Let's just get them out of here for the time being. Um, so that's what we did. So Mandy and the kids moved out into her parents' place. um, doing their best to social distance at that time. Um, I went back to public health and said, I can now confirm I've been around a positive case. Um, uh, To my frustration was again, denied a test a second time. Um, Don't really wanna get too much into that, but um, after a third attempt the next day, when when symptoms were getting worse, um, they finally said yes um, to a test. And so I was able to get in there on day six of my symptoms. Um, and then, uh, that's when things got worse. My symptoms took a turn in terms of the shortness of breath at that point. Um, eventually my test came back positive, um, on my 10th day of symptoms, but it wasn't, uh, a total shock really. They call, and sim- I would say, um, for perspective, for people listening, this was still when, when i got my test um on day 6 of my symptoms there were less than 10 cases in niagara um yeah you were
0: one of the first you you were one of the first like 20 to yeah. to be in the data
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it was um it was in i wonder if i would have been actually in like the first 5 or 10 if they would have tested me when i originally asked for it yeah uh, i don't know but uh but yeah so the first um uh, when that came back, they called and they the the nurse she was really friendly, but it was really funny because you could tell she was almost anxious or nervous to, and surprised to tell me that my test actually came back positive and and I was basically like yeah I know <laughs> like there was absolutely no shock to me um, just given how bad the symptoms were um, mm. and uh, and I you know I don't want to hijack this or, or get into anything about symptoms for people listening but I if you don't mind, Jeff, I'll just quickly point out that. Sure. Occasionally you do read things about like, it's just a flu or for young people, it doesn't affect people much. And I think it's just important to remember that it does affect everyone differently. And, uh, I can tell people that, uh, from my experience as a healthy 30 year old, um, or 31 now <laughs> I was 30 at the time, but, um, as a healthy 30 year old, uh, It's, uh, it's not fun. Uh, It's the shortness of breath was got to a point at times where uh, I did consider going to the hospital a couple times to help with the breathing. I never did ended up um, coming through it. But um, day six to 10 was pretty brutal. uh, And also navigating it alone in your house when no one's allowed in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it
0: was pretty extensive and pretty intense for you as a 30
1: year old. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, yeah. That was the
0: wild part about all, about all this. So Mandy, give us a bit of your narrative of, you know, he's feeling these things. He's not sure. He wonders. He tries to get tested. Can't. Then you get this email confirming that he had been in contact or been in some exposure to someone who tested positive. Like what's your version of the story and what are you experiencing?
2: Yeah, so I mean that uh, that first day when he woke up and said he had a sore throat, I think um, I think we both just wanted to be in a little bit of denial, and that was kind of the first couple days. As much as we started like then being a bit careful, like we were washing our hands way more, uh, we were wiping down like all the like the fridge handle and anything we were both touching, things like that. Um, but I think it was definitely just like being a bit of denial, like he was talking about. And at this point they said, if you have a runny nose, then you don't have it. And now that's that's kind of up for debate now too. But he was like, oh, I have a bit of a runny nose. And I was like, well, great, then you don't have it. And I was just trying to be like, no, you don't have it. Um, because I think just like mentally and emotionally, we had a like less than two week old at the time. And I was like, there's no way you can have this right now. So just like hold it together and, and we'll be fine um but then yeah that that moment he got that email and i could tell like he, he looked down at his phone and then he he just like said like oh the bride said someone tested positive and i my initial reaction i think i just started um like crying in that moment um and i guess i can like blame the hormones of just having a baby but it was just that moment of like well now what the heck do we do because um Like our our original plan was, well, maybe Colin can live in the basement and I'll live upstairs with the two kids. Um, And then, like a minute into that plan, we realized that would be impossible. Um, And then it was figuring out like, I called my parents and I explained, I was like, can I come live there? But then, as Colin kind of mentioned before, it was that fear of, well, if I've been exposed to it and we've been living in the same house, um, am I potentially going to develop symptoms five days from now? And then, potentially pass that on to not only my kids, but now to my parents. Um, and not that they're old. If they're going to listen to this, it's not that they're old, <laughs> 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 but, uh, but they're certainly older than we are. Um, yeah,
0: You're, you're 30 year old hurting through this. So
2: <laughs> who knows I've- now? <laughs> so, uh, so just kind of figuring out like, is it worth it to put them at risk now? Um, and is that going to be okay? And um, I, my parents, like, they didn't even hesitate to say, no, obviously just come over. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, we're fine. We're willing to take that risk. I think now with all the data that's come out, maybe they wouldn't be so willing to take that risk. But, uh, but in that moment, they said, no, nope, come. And I think within like 20 minutes of receiving that email, i had grabbed half the house and um, the boys and I were out the door. So that was a bit of a, a crazy, like, As much as it was just like half an hour, like the impact of that, that moment really stands out to me as one that was, uh, yeah, intense for all this. And
0: how long did you have to stay at your parents' house?
2: Yeah. So we got there on the Sunday, um, and we were able to come home. That was like, what, the 22nd. And I think we came home April 3rd.
1: Yeah. So Uh, basically it was, it was all based on public health's recommendations, um, and primarily uh the rules for if you have coronaviruses um after 14 days uh or sorry you can come out of self-quarantine um when your symptoms have been gone completely for 24 hours or after 14 days if your symptoms are at least significantly improving um, and thankfully for me Uh, or and the the rule is whichever one is longer so it's even if your symptoms resolve in three days you're supposed to self-quarantine for 14. Um, for me thankfully after about day 11 or 12 um, the shortness of breath got uh, significantly better Um, i hadn't had a fever in days uh, still haven't thankfully Um, a lot of the um, you know symptoms that they would consider i guess more contagious had, had resolved so um after the fourteen days was up uh the family was able to move move back in and thankfully there was uh none of the family got sick miraculously we're we're still like not sure how that happened was mandy asymptomatic uh like did you know thankfully the I'll be honest my main concern the whole time was my family, particularly my kids, and you know even though they say you know kids are super resilient to this you know, you still have, that's where the concern is. And you yeah, read, you know, you'll read like a random headline of like, oh, this kid got sick from it. And then you freak out. Right. And have anxiety about it. But yeah, thankfully it, that definitely seems to be in general uh kids that aren't, you know, immunocompromised are their, uh, their machines. Like <laughs> I, killing this, their bodies yeah. kill this thing off so fast. Yeah. So we're very thankful for that.
2: Yeah. That was so, uh... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Go Go ahead, Mandy.
2: Oh, so I was just going to say those, uh, those like two weeks that I was staying at my parents' house, I think that was like such a huge thing is every day. Um, oh, that was something I guess we didn't touch on public health. Once Colin tested positive um, at the time, cause there were so few cases they were able to follow up with Colin every single day. Um, they were emailing him at the time. Cause that was easier than, than him trying to talk on the phone uh, with like all the symptoms he was having. Um, but it was nice because the public health nurse would actually call me every day um, to, to check in and, and kind of ask. And I think everyone was kind of in shock every day that me and the kids and my parents were all still um, hanging in there without any symptoms. Um, but for us, that was kind of that constant. Every morning, I remember just like waking up and like doing that full like once over and being like, OK, I don't have a sore throat. I don't have a fever all right. I think I think I got through another day without uh catching this thing and that was just kind of the uh the huge like anxiety of every single day being like am i going to develop it today and every tickle in your throat it was like a total like nervous breakdown of <laughs> oh no i've got this thing <laughs>
1: Well that's the thing too like the the incubation period is for some people two days and for some people fourteen and so it's like <laughs> right. it's, it was
0: the average of five but it ranged yeah a mm-hmm. lot of people were between five and eleven and then the extremes yeah. were like from day two to yeah. I read that to day fourteen and so you just yeah. never knew
1: yeah. yeah and that that was so frustrating right because it's like I just wanted to know that like after the seventh day like I, are they are they okay right and so yeah um so yeah that was incredibly frustrating but yeah, every day went through and, and I, I should say that, um, just to be clear with anyone listening that, you know, everyone was self-isolating, of course, during this time. So Mandy, her parents, the kids yeah. and myself were, oh, were inside. completely inside the entire time. There was, there was zero, uh, <laughs> it's not like yeah. anyone was going out doing grocery shopping or anything yeah. like that. So,
0: so At this point, you guys have kind of journeyed through this. And as we wrap up, let me just close with a couple kind of questions to get thoughts from you. Um, in, In the most anxious times, can you talk about any ways in which you experienced God through this or any ways that either, you know, you talk about your life group or your community, obviously your family was a big support, but any way that faith made a difference in this experience?
1: For me, uh, the, uh, online services were, were really great. Um, just to be able to, like, I basically sat in the same chair for the full 14 days in my family room. (laughs) So to not have to move and to be able to still experience church was, uh, was pretty awesome. And I remember the second Sunday, um, uh tom sang peace peace St- uh peace be still
0: yeah peace be still yeah
1: yeah i think the fowler right
0: but you would have known from back in the day
1: yes that's right yeah one of the Fairview love classics <laughs> Yeah. so yeah so um uh, that just hit me so hard like when when they started that i was like man there's nothing more relevant in my life than than that right now that came at the Absolute perfect time it was in the midst of like my worst symptoms, not knowing if I was going to be having to go to the hospital, even like so I don't know that. I would say like I had like a a God moment and a reassurance moment um
0: and interesting from our end, I mean, I hadn't heard about your positive test for weeks after mm-hmm. so when we were designing these services, especially that you talk about that second Sunday that we went online um We were just hoping to deal with people's anxiety in a very generic way and had no idea if anyone was testing positive or showing symptoms or uh, we we were just dealing with the overarching anxiety that people were feeling with how drastic things were changing. So, you know, you never know who's sitting in the chair (laughs) experiencing this online, you know, whose life is literally being turned upside down in a, a really ravaged way that, that God can meet. So that's definitely kind of cool. Yeah. How about you, Mandy?
2: Um. Yeah. I, I think the other piece that was really nice is our life group started meeting as I'm sure a lot of life groups are now um, over zoom. Um, and we were kind of doing like a regular Sunday night check-in. So that first Sunday when I moved uh, out of the house and into my parents' house was our first kind of life group chat. Um, so at that point, like we're pretty popular uh, private people. And and we had kept this pretty private, um, just while Colin was, was kind of so sick and like navigating that. Um, but we obviously shared it with our life group. We were in two different, we were on two different screens. So it was pretty obvious that something was going on and, um, and we weren't in the same home. So I, I think having, um, that like huge support, um, and those people checking in on us regularly and praying for us and praying with us, um, was just huge for us and um and just in the days that came just knowing we had people um caring for us so that looked like people dropping off food to call in people dropping off food to me and my family um and yeah, i have to
1: tips. say about that big shout out to mandy visser <laughs> who came up huge because i um don't tell me you got cookies oh i got cookies and uh, you suck. Talk- I was pretty, again, we were very private about it. So really no one, very, very few people knew um, that I had this, which is kind of what I wanted. And um, I saw one time I was sitting in my, my I'll call it my COVID chair and uh, I saw Mandy coming and I was just like, wow, I can't taste or smell anything, but I'm still looking forward to these cookies so much. I I I assume they were some sort of baked good. And then it's so funny because I I Facebook messaged her after she drove off. And uh, just because obviously if I opened the door and she was on my porch, that wouldn't have been appropriate. (laughs) And um, I was like, hey, thanks so much. Like, I'm going to have a few of these now. And I'm going to wait for when my taste comes back to have the rest. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, "Oh, I just assumed like, you know, my brother or Martin's told you I I had coronavirus." And she's like, "What? I had absolutely no clue." And I was like, "Wow, that's kind of cool <laughs> that she." uh, You were just, just getting those for kicks. I was, I was, uh, yeah, yeah. No, so thank you, Mandy, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: Um, fi- final question, guys, and it'll apply differently, obviously, because you've navigated this differently. Uh, for you, Colin, if someone's listening who is worried that they might have symptoms uh, or feels you know, some of those classic symptoms or has actually tested positive, what would your one encouragement to them be uh, in how they navigate things?
1: Well, if you haven't, if you haven't tested positive, I would take comfort in the fact that 93% of cases are still coming back negative. Um, and so there are still colds, there are still flus going around. Um, and so it's, you know, and when the only news everywhere you read and look is about coronavirus and you, you get sick, of course, that's going to be the, the first thought, but it's just remembering that people are still getting sick for other reasons. Um, and so, Um, not that that's a good thing either, but you know, better than getting, getting COVID. So, um, yeah, I would just say like the recommendation is you just have to contact Niagara region public health. And I, I do think at this point, the testing capacity is so much higher than when I was, um, than when I had it. So I don't think you'll have as much of a frustrating experience that I did. Um, and I imagine if you're exuding some symptoms that you'll, um, you'll be able to get tested, but it's it's just to not, you know, every, I, th- I think it's a natural feeling to have the, you know, it, it can't be mean type of, um, type of approach to life in general. You know, I'm sure that isn't actually going to happen to me. Um, but if you're even just feeling a sore throat or a little bit of a cough, like don't, don't be the hero in the grocery store. That's like hacking away, <laughs> like just go get tested and, uh, and, you know, it's just safe. And I'm sure there's lots of other people that are willing to, for the time being, until you get a test result back to do a grocery shop and drop it off on your porch for you if you need to. So,
0: yeah, the testing at this point has become a huge component to the the, the promotion of public health. So I think we're leaning way more into that, hopefully at this point. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah. that's a
0: great encouragement. Mandy, for, for you, to those listening who maybe haven't been personally affected, but who might know somebody, what would you say to them in order for all of us to show the love of Christ in more powerful ways in a season like this?
2: Yeah, I, I think um, like, and, and we were in a unique season too of having a newborn baby during all this. Um, so it's hard to say if people were reaching out because of that or the other or both at the same time, but um just didn't,
0: didn't really matter.
2: <laughs> no, it didn't it didn't. Um and and you know what, it was it was the same either way. It was lovely when when people were just like reaching out just to say, like, how are you guys doing? Like, how can I pray for you? Um, and and just having some sense of normalcy. I, I had a few like FaceTime or, or video chats with friends and we were just catching up. Um, just being able to talk about something other than um, coronavirus, right. was just super, super refreshing when, um, it was easily eating away at like 99% of my thoughts at the time. So just, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's just my advice for anyone. Cause I think we're all experiencing some sort of anxiety about how is this impacting my career? How is this impacting my family, um, society as a whole. So I think just, uh, creating space that we can have conversations that, uh, draw on things outside of, coronavirus was, for me, hugely refreshing and and very, very helpful.
0: Hmm. Well, listen, guys, thanks for sharing uh, your experience with all of us uh, from across our locations. Uh, You'll certainly be now in our collective prayers as you continue to not only recover, uh, but provide the kind of support now in the same home uh, to Elliot and particularly to young Rowan. That's uh, Yeah, that would have been a super super anxious time. And uh, to all of us listening, I hope that you're encouraged uh, to watch the faithfulness of God in a story like this and to be able to lean into Him to a greater degree in your own anxieties in a season like this. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing more stories of how people are navigating all kinds of challenges uh, in this season as we continue finding our way together. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. Take care, everyone.